0: So often when I am about to record a podcast, I I have a lot of excitement for it because it tends to be on topics that I'm excited about or it tends to be on things that I feel really passionate about. And today's episode actually is one that I'm experiencing a lot of discomfort over because it's an area that, for me in my life, is somewhat underdeveloped, and it showed up this last week in, um, in in a glaring way. And I I like things to be refined. I like tidiness. I like things to have answers. And sometimes that's not life, and that's a truth that I'm you know personally trying to grapple with. But there are several places in my life, like glaring places, where I'm underdeveloped, under skilled. And, and sometimes I'm flat out wrong. And this last week, there were a couple places where it showed up and my terror of being wrong really culminated last Monday in some pretty big emotional upheaval. And so I wanna share with you kind of what that looked like because I don't think that's exclusive to me and I don't think how I got here with my fear of being wrong, I, I don't think it's unique. I think some of us grew up in contexts where maybe you're navigating some of those same fears. And one of the contributing factors was my podcast podcast last Monday. So I went through the weekend and there were several things where there's kind of life shifts going on and I'm just not well versed in how to step forward boldly. So there's there's a lot of trepidation. There's a lot of fear going on. And as I kind of went through the weekend feeling really sensitive about things, I came to Monday and one of my friends came and talked to me about my podcast last Monday. And he said, Steph, there's a lot going on in there that I just disagree with. And so one of the things I had said, um, I was talking about a client story and I said, as I was processing it through with this client and we talked through some of his kind of character idiosyncrasies, he might want to consider who he surrounds himself with. And in the episode, I made a comment about he shouldn't be hiring attractive women and staying in close quarters with them at late hours. And I don't even know that I expanded all of that, but my intention was to expand all of that out to kind of paint a picture of environmental management. And my friend came to me and said, that that's just not appropriate. That's actually illegal what you're talking about there. You can't not hire hire someone based on how they look. And he said, furthermore, I found that episode to be quite sexist. Now, I heard his critique and I understood his point of view. And I think some of it came from the underdeveloped thoughts that I was putting out there because I very easily could have used myself. um, It wasn't a, a gendered accusation. I could have used myself as, you know, the person who is keeping late hours and perhaps there's an attractive male with me. And perhaps I'm emotionally investing in something or I'm playing with fire because it happens both ways. It's not just men inappropriate with women, it's women inappropriate with men, and I don't think I developed that well last week, and so there was a potential that it landed really sexist, And, and that was not my intent by any means. But then there was a second layer of kind of just giving inaccurate equivalencies. So when I'm talking about, you know, someone who has porn use going on in their history, and they've created a fantasy life, perhaps they're more apt to act out sexually in the real world, and... And um, as I was talking with my friend, he said that the, the research just doesn't bear that out. That's just a flat out wrong assertion that you're putting out there. So I'm hearing his different critiques and it's feeling, it, it's coming really close to feeling personal and that wouldn't have been his intent. I know him and he's been in my life long enough that, you know, I know that he gives constructive feedback and he's intentional with his feedback and I grow from that. But hearing that I had generated content that was less than articulate, it wasn't ideal and some of it was flat out wrong, that just felt felt really nerve-inducing for me. It's something that felt really uncomfortable and as he's laying out his concerns with my episode, and as I'm thinking through Saturday and Sunday and Monday, and I'm thinking through places where I'm showing up as underdeveloped or underskilled or outright wrong, I could feel myself withdraw and, and then shut down. And he's he was reaching out to me and he's like, Steph, I don't understand your response right now. What's going on? And I couldn't even articulate it in the moment. I just said, I need to be done with this conversation, and I walked away. And that in and of itself was very frustrating because usually I can communicate things, except when it's about my own emotional up- upheaval at times unfortunately and as i processed through it it, it took me a good solid day to really re- like wrap myself around what was going on there and one of the truths is i've i've lived in a world and i was brought up in a world where right and wrong were so masterfully crafted for me that deviations from the script that i was given was met with skepticism or judgment or gaslighting or confrontation or guilt and shame i didn't get to sort through what was right or what was wrong i was outright told what was right or what was wrong. And if you didn't capitulate to that posture, there was going to be some type of consequence for it. I didn't get to ask questions and be curious. I wasn't taught what discernment was. I wasn't taught to use my voice. And not only was I not taught there and it wasn't modeled, I wasn't given permission to. And if I tried to ask questions, it would have been pushed back on pretty quickly. Now, part of that's a me thing. Part of that's my temperament. I'm not someone who's necessarily contrarian or who's going to be pushing back against authority. I am someone who's very curious. But from an early age, when I saw curiosity be met with some sort of authority, authoritarian pushback or some sort of because I said so or some sort of, you know, posture of kids should be seen and not heard. Well, I stopped asking questions. But what that means now is I have almost no answers and still so many questions. So when I hear that I'm doing things wrong and I'm I'm going through the understanding of I try to do the right thing because doing the wrong thing is met with skepticism and judgment and confrontation and guilt and shame. So I obviously don't try to do the wrong thing. That means I try to do the right thing. But when the evidence is pointing to the fact that I'm not doing the right thing, and that I don't have the answers, and that I don't know what I'm doing necessarily, and that I'm stunted in my, my maturity, it just hurt so much. Not in the cognitive sense, because I can wrestle with it, but in the emotional sense, it just felt terrifying. Because being wrong means rejection. Being wrong means judgment. Being wrong means punishment. And I want to be clear here, that's how I responded to my environments. That's not everyone's experience. But in some homes, asking questions meant you we're challenging authority. In some contexts, because I said so was the sole explanation and it had to suffice. Pushing back or inquiring further would have meant punishment. And so there are some of us who, with the best of intentions, came into adulthood and we're doing what we were taught and we're going through the motions of what was modeled for us. And then we find out that we're wrong and that we're underdeveloped and we're not mature. And we have a lot to learn. And when we come to that understanding and we realize we don't even have the discernment to figure out what is right or what is wrong because that's just an underdeveloped skill it can be exhausting. It can be immobilizing. And what was helpful is in our conversation, my friend said to me, he said, Steph, I guess I just don't see the world that way. I don't see it as right and wrong. When you're telling me this, I don't experience the same thing and it doesn't make sense to me. I walk away from conversations and situations where I might have been wrong and I don't think twice about it. I think, hey, miscommunications happen. People mess up. Things go sideways. And I don't think twice about it. And what was helpful about him sharing that with me is I realized that's what I'm stretching towards. I want to grow in my skills to where a conversation is just a conversation. Questions are just questions. Critique is permission for growth and opportunity for growth. It's not a personal assault. And it's not about being right and it's not about being wrong. It's about life and being human and and trying things and testing them and being curious. So that's a growth area for me. I need to grow in the understanding that I'm doing my best I need to see myself as a learner. I need to see that I'm trying and that I'm growing and that I'm learning as I go. And I have to pull back from the idea that life is right and wrong. And I also know that I have to sit with client after client and challenge these same distortions in their world where we have to say, okay, what if you are wrong? But what if you're not wrong? What would that look like if people around you are wrong? What would that look like if if we had what's called psychological flexibility and, and this is just a learning opportunity in front of you? What if it's not about having absolute what if it's about understanding nuance? And I can work with my clients in that way, but still understand that I personally have a long way to go yet. There are shifts happening, but it only happens when I reflect on how distraught and disoriented I got last week when I do it wrong. And I'm using air quotes there because then I understand that the level of emotional volatility—it's not a cognitive thing, it's not even a behavioral thing. It's something that's pretty entrenched in my story that I've got to work on dismantling because life is not pass fail, and it's not right or wrong. It's not black and white. So as I get to surround myself with people who live lives of nuance, I get to learn from that and I get to grow. I get to step into this new understanding and hopefully not just cognitively, but eventually emotionally, that there are going to be times where I'm not going to get it right and I don't have to overreact and I don't have to feel disoriented and I don't have to get overwhelmed because... That's what life is. That's what being human is. It's okay to not be right 100% of the time. And it's a relief to know that I'm not doing life wrong just because I get something wrong. You're not getting life wrong just because you do something wrong. I'm thankful that there are people in my life who model for me that if you just show up and do your best and do what the next right thing is, that's all you can ask of yourself. Because as much as I try to be superhuman, as much as I try to stretch towards perfection, as much as I try to, you know, not do the wrong thing. Life happens and I'm human. And because that's true, I've got to get more comfortable with the fact that I'm not going to get it right every time. And that's why I invite you, the listeners, to reach out if there are things that I'm saying that are concerning. I'm I'm thankful I have a friend that will will speak into my life and say, Steph, you need to take a look at what you said there because that just wasn't accurate. I want listeners to have freedom to reach out and say, Steph, I'm wondering if you've thought about it this way or I wonder about this perspective or do you understand how this came across? Because that's how I will grow. And the more I sit in the space of being able to have conversations that feel like confrontation and I can regulate myself enough to just keep it at a conversation. I'm going to grow from that and I'm excited about that. But it was just so interesting to watch over the last week, the volatility that happened just at the the thought of being wrong. And I'm going to use that word terror again, because I think some of us walk around terrified that we might be doing it wrong. We might be getting it wrong. And so I want to give you calm reassurance that if we're doing it wrong, well, first off, I'm I'm right there with you, unfortunately or fortunately, because again, I guess there's a freedom in being just a mere human. If you're living a posture where you have to be right because once upon a time your safety depended on it or your emotional stability depended on it, I want to invite you into reevaluating that. Is that still true now? Are there people with whom you can wrestle through things and you can have tough conversations and you can grow. And if not, what would it look like to invite those people in? Because the world is not black and white. It's not right and wrong. There are moral issues. There are definitely things that when you make choices, you can cause damage and destruction. And I, I'm i not a proponent of that by any means. But if you're out there literally trying to do what's right by you, what's right by your communities that you're serving, and on occasion you get it wrong, welcome to be inhuman. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen. Please share this content with friends and family. Feel free to connect with Stephanie at healingthroughpain21 at gmail.com. Until next time, be well.